The views and opinions of today's broadcast are not necessarily the views and opinions of the TJRS radio network. Thank you for being a loyal listener and enjoy the show. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS radio network. You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Good morning and welcome to the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show, the show where we discuss politics, social issues affecting people of color, and every now and then a little comedy as well. Now here's your host, Jay Ryle. Good morning, and thank you for that wonderful introduction, and happy Independence Day to you and yours. Today is July 4th, and here are the topics that will be discussed during this edition of the serious side of the J. Rouse Show. Nobody had the sense to say, wait one second, this doesn't match up with the truth, this is not what I was taught in college, this is not what I was taught in home, etc., etc. I've read Mao Zedong. I've read, I've read Karl Marx. I've read Lenin. That doesn't make me a communist. So what is wrong with understanding, having some situational understanding about the country for which we are here to defend? And I personally find it offensive that we are accusing the United States military, our general officers, our commissioned, non-commissioned officers, of being, quote, woke. <laughs> he's not just a pig. He's stupid. Longtime Sheffield Lake Police Chief Anthony Campo is off the force and off the job after a racist incident the town's mayor calls disgusting. Uh, a hard perimeter was set uh, during the course of the morning as this evolved. Ultimately, uh, two individuals were located in the wood line. Uh, one was armed. Uh, those individuals, those two individuals have been taken into custody and are under arrest and are being processed. Online radio at its best. Good morning, Lord. Today's a new day. A chance for a new start. Yesterday is gone. And with it, any regrets, mistakes, or failures I may have experienced. It's a good day to be glad. And give thanks. And I do, Lord. Thank you for today. A new opportunity to love, give, and be all that you want me to be. Welcome back in 347-850-1272. It is the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Of course, I never share the stage by myself. I share the stage with the brothers this morning. My main man, Mr. Johnny D, and the place to be is in the house, and the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S is here as well. Gentlemen, good morning. Johnny D, man, happy Independence Day to you and yours. How are you doing this morning, my brother? Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, I, I got I got a little caught off guard there, Jay. I, I thought at least one of the, the beautiful young ladies would uh, be here this morning. I knew Miss Vanessa said she wouldn't be here, but as, as you indicated, it is a, a wonderful day. Uh, blessed to be here, blessed to be part of the contributors, and blessed to be talking to my brother once again. 
looking forward to, to, to the dialogue and discussion. Well, you know how it goes, man. You know, obviously, probably one of the sisters to show up. We'll get him in here uh, when uh, the opportunity presents itself. Mr. Elias, man, good morning to you. Uh, what's happening, brother? Happy Independence Day. Well, good morning. Good morning to you, too, my brother. Good morning, Nessa. Good morning, Rich Sister. Good morning, uh, Captain Williams. Good morning, Momo B. Good morning, Marion and Music. And good morning, my brother, Hawk. And good morning, my brother, Jerome. Look at that man morning, breaking it down morning. every morning. The number is 347 Like uh, Hawk mentioned at the top, uh, well, he didn't mention it, but uh, we knew Miss Vanessa wouldn't be here this morning. Vanessa Maybell is uh, off this morning, and uh, so hopefully she's listening, and I hope she's safe and sound wherever she is. Uh, this is the time of the show where we spend a few minutes talking amongst ourselves, and since it's a all-boys club this morning, uh, what I want to talk about is some of the well, things that's been going on in the sports uh, world here uh, recently. Mr. Elias, let's start off with Scottie Pippen, man. What is <laughs> what is wrong with Scottie Pippen? He is going berserko. What is up with that? Hey, man, hey, hey, you know, if he's telling the truth, he's telling the truth. If he's, if he's looking for a little attention, he's looking for a little attention. I don't know. I wasn't well, Which I one do you think it is? Phil, <laughs> Phil I, I Jackson, a racist? Phil Jackson. I couldn't tell you if he is who he is. You know, I don't I I don't know. I I, I can't deal with that. You know, okay. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I wouldn't I can't remember that man's shoes. Do you do do you know? Do you know for sure? I mean nobody knows hundred percent, but come on, you have to look at That's his uh great. Okay, but look That's at great. the totality of his work, man. Come on, man. A racist? Okay. All right. Well, what about then this thing? He's, you know, this beef now that he has with Michael Jordan, Johnny D. Man. A lot of people are saying the reason why he's acting this way is because he was pissed by the way he was portrayed in uh, the Last Dance. What say you, my brother? Well, it's, it's back to that. Um, you know, uh, he is, he has certainly mentioned it, and you you've been hearing about this from the from the origins of, of really when they when they played together. In, in their career, then he went off to Portland. Um, I, I guess he got tired of being Robin, you know. But the reality of it is that oftentimes, you know, people people have that separation. You know, you you look at this year here um, in, in, in football. You look at the season that the Patriots had, and you look at the season that Tom Brady had. You know, uh-huh. I think for the longest period of time. Uh, and I'm and trust I'm not a Patriots fan by any means. Neither but I, am I. I get credit where credit is due. I've always stop. said that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback that ever played. Oh my God! Stop so, this. Hey, Ugh. you know what? Like I say, that that, that says a lot coming from a, from a, a person who has been a Steelers fan for 40, 47 oh years at this point. Oh, so, I hate that too. But, but with, with, with Pippen, with Pippen and. Um, I don't know if he's got a book deal on the horizon. I've seen the headlines. I really haven't read deep into the articles. Uh, I've been primarily keeping up with, with the young lady, uh, Shakar Richardson, a little bit more than Scotty Pittman. Well, let's Scottie talk Pittman about that had one. his day in, 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 in the sun. But, yeah, Scotty is just, you know, I don't, I don't know if he's trying to sell books or what have you. It could be some value into what he's saying about Phil Jackson from his perspective. I know he had some real issues with uh, the owner Jerry Krause, and you know. But as far as Phil Jackson, he's always spoke real highly. Exactly. Or not spoke at all. Right. Now all of a sudden, you know, you know, some 20 years after he retired, now of course the guy's a racist. So I think he just 
biting some some bit of blood and um, you know shame on Scotty you know still running around there with them with them teenage girls and stuff like that uh, get a life <laughs> <laughs> trying to wear his hair like Jerry remember Jerry Rice man yeah. trying to wear braids and his freaking hairline was exactly. back by his neck I mean come on yeah. let it go let yeah. it go yeah you brought up the, the track star you know so let's talk about her uh, suspended because of drugs uh, and the drug she was suspended for was Mr. Elias's favorite drug and, and at the end of the day the state in which she was uh, where she was suspended uh, the bottom line is is that they have laxed the laws and marijuana is legal so a lot of people are saying you know what's up I mean what's going on with that uh, since you brought it up Johnny D man what are you thinking on, on that particular situation with that young lady oh my gosh you know, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little confused uh, with the tolerance of marijuana use altogether. You know, okay. I, work, working working in the field that I work in, uh, probably 65 to probably 70 percent of the, the the young men that I deal with, and and really system wide, when you talk about a correctional system. Uh, right. The majority of the individuals either committed their drugs, committed their crimes while they was on illegal or legal drugs, uh, whether it was okay. alcohol or whether it was some type of, you know, um, medication, prescribed medication or what have you. But they weren't in their right mind. So I'm, I'm not one who advocates the the utilization of of drugs for recreational purposes, but oh, now, for yes. municipal purposes, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that. But just to say that, you know, hey, you can go out and, and smoke marijuana and it's legal. And, you know, you've got 18 states where it's legal to include D.C. So, you know, 19 of what I call the 51 states, I still say D.C. is, is you know, I always consider them as part of that, that, that populace uh, unofficially. Right. Her, 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 her ownership, I'm a little mixed on that right there. You know, everybody is, you know, speaking so highly about how she owned it. And I saw the interview that she had on, I think it was the CBS show. And she, she's uh, a young, NBC, she's uh, a young NBC, girl. Yeah. Was it NBC? Yeah, she, she's yeah. young. And uh, like I said, 21, you know, Jay, the foolish stuff that, that, that I did. And you, you kind of guided me through. And uh, I still did <laughs> sometimes even outside advice. So I think that maturation process has to match. I don't excuse her because she was in the state of Oregon. You know, uh, I think they said it was an edible or something. Um, yeah. I, I wish she would run in, in, in the relays if she has an opportunity to run. Uh, I just think that's an experience and an opportunity that she should not forego. Clearly has, has come out and, you know, spoke on it. And uh, for the most part, like I said, she, she said some of the right things, but still it's like, okay, it ain't no steroids. Uh, you'll never see me do steroids, and you know. But like I say, my heart goes out to, to the young lady. Like I say, she's young, learning life, and, and I hope she does uh, run, you know, in the relays. Even though she may not be able to run the 100, yeah. uh, she has certainly right. captured, you know, America's fascination and intrigue. And I just, I just pray her well. 
Yeah, we hope so. Mr. Elias, you all right, man? It's like you're with some breathing difficulties. Oh, you're okay, my brother. All right, last one we can step on here before we get out of here is uh, uh, Serena Williams out at Wimbledon. Um, you know, I'm a huge uh, Serena and Venus fan. I love tennis. I love tennis before they even got into the game. But uh, once they got into the game, they really took it to a whole different level. And so it didn't really matter when Venus or Serena played. I was up watching it. It didn't matter. I think I've seen more tournaments with her. Uh, probably Richard, Richard Williams have seen more, but I've been there every step of the way to watch her go out at Wimbledon trying to tie Margaret Court for her 24th Grand Slam. It was agonizing. It was just plain hard to watch. And I'm not sure if either one of you gentlemen saw it, Mr. Le- uh, Johnny or Mr. Elias, but Mr. Elias, if you did, made just a real quick comment on Serena. And, uh, you know, should she, uh, at this point, should she, uh, should she just say, look, re- retire? What, what do you think, man? Well, the way she went down, man, I, I felt for her, man, because you could tell she was an agonizing pain, man. And, um, wow, yeah. I don't know. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't count her out, man. I would never count I would never count her out, never. But uh, you know, man, she's she's had some difficulties these last couple of years, man. She's had yeah, you know, and the body and like like you always say, the only thing you can't beat is Father Time, and she she is getting up there. So, but yeah, man, that that was agonizing to see her go out like that. And then she went she went in, and then she came back out. And, she couldn't play, man. It was just it, she gave it all she had, man. So she left it out there on the court. Yeah, and the thing is, you're right, man. She's uh, she'll be 40 in September, uh, and like you said, the undisputed champ is Father Time. And so you've seen Father Time take out some of the greatest athletes of all time. Look at we talked about Michael and Scotty. You know, I look at I was watching some old Michael Jordan clips the other day. It was a clip on YouTube of a young man showing his young brother little brother Michael Jordan clips and it was amazing to get the young the young kids uh, reaction of this guy even back in the 80s and 90s doing things that we still haven't seen to this date so so you're right with Serena she is already the greatest female tennis player of all time as far as I'm concerned uh, Margaret Court when she won her 24 grand slams half of those slams came uh, after, before the open era where players didn't travel to uh, certain places to play. So she had a very limited field of folks that she was competing against. And as far as I'm concerned, Serena is the greatest of all time. All right, we have chopped it up long enough. I know you guys are saying, fellas, this is not Powerhouse Sports Talk Radio. Get into the show. We will do that right after a news update from NPR News. You're listening to the serious side. It is the serious side of the J. Raw Show right here on a beautiful Sunday. Happy Independence Day to you and yours. We'll be right back after this. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Louise Schiavone. Florida's governor has declared a state of emergency in 15 counties ahead of the anticipated impact of Tropical Storm Elsa. Worries about the weather have led to the suspension of rescue efforts in Surfside and plans to demolish part of the disintegrating condominium building. Firefighters in British Columbia are battling more than 170 wildfires as the heat wave in the West Coast province continues. Dan Carpenter reports. Officials in British Columbia say there are 175 active fires, at least a dozen a potential threat to public safety. One official says the province is still experiencing intense heat and dry conditions, raising the possibility of even more fires breaking out. In addition, smoke is spreading, affecting visibility for both fire crews and aircraft. Homes have been evacuated in several areas, 
with hundreds of people on the move. Meanwhile, in Saskatchewan, 34 communities broke temperature records as the heat dome slowly pushes east. Nearly 20 wildfires are burning in northern areas. The Red Cross is warning that people should watch out for heat exhaustion. For NPR News, I'm Dan Karpinchuk in Toronto. Across the nation, states have passed at least 90 laws restricting abortions in this legislative year. NPR's Sarah McCammon reports. The previous record was set in 2011 when states passed 89 abortion restrictions over the course of the entire year. This year's new record comes as the U.S. Supreme Court is preparing to consider a challenge to a Mississippi law that bans most abortions after 15 weeks. That's well before a fetus could live outside of a woman's body. If the court upholds that law, it would open the door for new state abortion restrictions that have long been considered unconstitutional under existing precedent. The analysis by the Guttmacher Institute, which supports abortion rights, also notes that several states have taken steps to expand or protect access to abortion, including repealing decades-old restrictions on the procedure. Sarah McCammon, NPR News, Washington. In the Philippines, at least 31 people died when a C-130 aircraft carrying combat troops crashed while landing in a southern province. 29 soldiers aboard and two people on the ground died. The BBC's Michael Bristow reports 50 have been hospitalized. The aircraft was carrying more than 90 people, most of them soldiers who just finished their basic training. They were being deployed to fight militants who operate in the southern Philippines. The Hercules transporter crashed several kilometers from Holo's airport. Some soldiers apparently jumped just before it came down. Photographs show the aircraft engulfed in flames and plumes of smoke billowing above. The head of the armed forces said the plane, supplied to the Philippines by the United States, had missed the runway and then tried to regain power before crashing. The incident is not being treated as an attack. The BBC's Michael Bristow, this is NPR. Tonight, Bill Cosby talking to ABC News just hours after becoming a free man. And his 2018 sex assault conviction overturned by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court after an appeal. Justices ruling he should not have been prosecuted because of a deal with former DA Bruce Castor that he would not be charged if he agreed to testify in a 2005 civil suit brought by accuser Andrea Constance. Today's ruling stated that in accordance with the advice of his attorneys, Cosby relied on Castor's public announcement he would not be prosecuted. But Castor's successor used Cosby's testimony as a key piece of evidence more than a decade later. Bill Cosby was convicted of drugging and sexually assaulting Constant, serving two of his three to ten year sentence before his release today. Dozens of other women accused Cosby of drugging and sexually assaulting them. Today's news leaving many of his accusers stunned and angry. I'm concerned that women will think that they shouldn't come forward. I can tell you as somebody who did, it was challenging, it was scary. Uh, there were times when I was called horrible names. Today, Cosby's longtime co-star, Felicia Rashad, tweeted support 
report saying, quote, a miscarriage of justice is corrected. She followed that up with another tweet saying she supports survivors of sexual assault and did not intend to be insensitive, quote, their truth. Welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. As you heard, Bill Cosby was released after serving only two years of a possible three to ten year sentence on a conviction back in twenty eighteen. Uh, you know, this is a story that we covered here on this show. And let me say this before I throw it out there to everyone, because when, actually, no, let's just get into the conversation. We have plenty of time, and uh, and I'm interested to hear what people have to say about this particular situation. So, Mr. Elias, you get the first word as always. Um, just give me your initial thoughts, brother, on this situation with Bill Cosby, the fact that he was released well, after only serving two years of a three- to ten-year sentence of a crime in which he was convicted of drugging young women and, uh, you know, having sex with them. Uh, what's your thoughts, man? Well, my, my thoughts are this, man. Uh, he should have been released. He should have. Because if you made, if he made it, from what I understand, he made a deal with the prosecutor, and the prosecutor said, hey, look, if you come forward so that, so that this woman can get paid, we won't charge you with any crime. And you can't come back later and charge this man with crimes. That, that, that's the law. Uh, by the letter of the law, he shouldn't have been in jail. He should, have, he, should have been, he should have never went to jail. Now, is he guilty? Yes, I believe he's guilty because 60 women came forward to say that this man uh, did these heinous things to them. So I, I think 60 women can't be wrong, but according to the law, he should have never been in jail. That, that, I mean, that's, that's the deal that that prosecutor made. You know, and he, the prosecutor never should have made that deal, but that's, what the, that's the prosecutor made that deal, and he should have never been prosecuted on that, on, for, that, for that crime specifically because he made that deal with the prosecutor. Well, look, look. I remember when this, uh, we talked about this story here on the show, and I remember seeing at the time, and I know I got a lot of pushback on this, and I'll say it again just in case we have some new listeners since 2018. I said at the time that if Bill Cosby committed these heinous crimes, and whoever it is, I've got you uh, turn your mic off while, uh, while you're not talking because we can hear that background noise. Uh, I will say this, that... Uh, that with, if Bill Cosby committed these crimes, then Bill Cosby should be thrown under the jail. He's not Cliff Huxtable. You know, he's not, you know, uh, the creator of Fat Albert. Albert. He is a guy who drug young women and took advantage of them, according to the 60-plus, like you mentioned, Mr. Elias, women who came forward to say that he did this. You know, ask Darren Sharper, the former cornerback for the New, for the New Orleans Saints and for the uh, Minnesota Vikings. You know, he was on the NFL Network as an analyst. He was a funny guy, but his behind is in jail right now because he did basically the same thing. So Bill Cosby should have been under the jail. But like, I, like you said, Mr. Elias, the problem I had with it at that time and this is what I said, and I got some blowback from some of our female listeners, but you know what? I'm going to speak my mind. I'm going to say what I have to say. I said at the time that, you know, if someone committed a crime against me that shook me to my core, that made me feel ill in my stomach, that went against everything that I was taught and represented, there ain't enough money in Fort Knox to get me to uh, do a settlement out of court. I am going to prosecute you to the full extent of the law. And the fact that this young lady took $3 million back in 2005 or whenever it was uh, as an out-of-court settlement, 
then all of a sudden here she comes, you know, uh, ten years later, and says, "Oh, I, you know, I, I just, you know, I couldn't live with myself." Uh, okay, guess what? Then give him his money back. It's the same thing with the O.J. situation. No one can convince me that O.J. Simpson didn't kill his wife and that dude. You know, we can argue about. We've had arguments on the show about that, but and he was tried with this judicial system that we have in place, and he was found not guilty, which I thought was a bunch of baloney, but it is what it is. People can disagree with that. That's why we're in America. However, what they got him on was some bullcrap kidnapping charges where you caught police officers on tape saying, yeah, we finally got his ass. Finally got him for what? For what he did back in in California with the O.J. Simpson trial, murder trial? So, you know, we want to talk about people want to support, white folks want to support the the judicial system only when it works in their advantage. So at the end of the day, you're right, Mr. Elias, that was a deal that was garnered between him and the district attorney at that time, uh, and he should have never been prosecuted. He should have never gone to jail. Now, this whole thing, Johnny D, that he's saying, well, you know, I'm innocent. Well, wait a minute now. Hold on, Bill. Hold on. Hold on, Cliff. If these women are saying what they're saying, then you know you're not as innocent, and you're a low down, disgusting human being for doing what you did. Give me your thoughts on it, Johnny D. Well, first, let me say this right here: um, it's not about white people in regards to the judicial system. I think everybody desires the rule of law, and in this case here, what has surprised me is the overwhelming support that Mr. Cosby has received from females that I know, okay? Uh, Then you look at the the bold statement or the the public statement made by uh, a person who I think we all most likely admire, which is Felicia Rashad. Now, certainly she's closer to uh, Bill Cosby than most, and now she's gone back and tried to walk back the comments uh, but a lot of females understand what we may perceive as a motivation behind it. Um, but I was surprised to see that, you know, most of the males that, that I spoke with, you know, agree that, you know, due process and the rule of law must take precedence as do I. If you violated a person's rights, uh, it doesn't matter <laughs> In, in, in essence, uh, from a judicial standpoint, if you violate the rights, then they get off the crime. You see it happen all the time. Doesn't mean the person ain't guilty. It's just the fact that the process didn't play itself out. So if somebody violated his rights, then this is just. But as far as, you know, putting a face on it or anything like that, they, I, I think we all have to have some dialogue and discussion. You know, this is something that's going on more and more in our country. You know, you, you talked about uh, Darren Sharper, but but then you've got uh, the Kellen Winslow guy. I saw something, I think, on HBO recently where, um, you know, he's trying to get his charges overturned. And, and I mean, it's, it's you know, you, you got R. Kelly's trial will soon come up. So you see the public figures, but then in the communities, it's happening mm-hmm. just as much. You know, it, this is this is a real perverted world. And, I, you know, is it the television? Is it the marketing? Is it the sexuality that's causing people to feel like, you know, I can just violate you? We got a real serious issue 
in this country that we've got to deal with. And, you know, Mr. Cosby has, has obviously done his time and can't be prosecuted. I'm happy to see that, you know, he's home. I, I, I pray that he, he takes his leave and stay out of the limelight if that's if that's his purpose and that's what he chooses to do. But nevertheless, uh, the rule of law matters to me, always has. And if his rights was violated, then it is what it is. But the discussion and the dialogue, uh, you know, Jay, I, I remember, you know, the, the, the young ladies came real hard at, at, at the comments. And I'm not going to say you, you were, in, you know, not just in, in saying what you said, but sometimes the, the populist reaction is to condemn the male. But in, in fact, you know, there was some inconsistencies. There was some, 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 some motivations that uh, we don't know of. You know, people put financial components versus the, the criminal component. And in this case, you, you saw where some of that was that happened, but I think it was due justice. Uh, he violated them, and, you know, he got prosecuted, uh, you know, wrongly. But uh, nevertheless, uh, you know, it is, it is for the discussion because this, this happens more and more sexual assault, and it's something that we need to really talk about. You know, you talked about uh, Felicia Rashad's uh, tweet. Uh, her original tweet was, finally, a terrible wrong is being righted of a mis- of miscarriage of justice is corrected now. And then she had a photo of Bill Cosby in her tweet, and the backlash was immediate. Uh, and then she, you know, then she came back, and I think she uh, said, "I fully support uh, survivors of uh, sexual assault." She had to come back and walk that back. I fully support survivors of sexual assault right. coming forward. Uh, my post was in no way intended to be insensitive to their truth. Personally, I know from friends and family that such abuse has long, long lifelong residual effects. My heartfelt, uh, heartfelt wish is for healing. Uh, but then she had to also go and pin a letter to students and parents of Howard University because on her first day of work, you know, she she faced an immediate backlash because of her comments. Uh, you know, maybe she's talking about the miscarriage of justice was what Mr. Elias mentioned, the fact that, uh, you know, she was uh, – he should not have been uh, prosecuted in the first place. Uh, you know, Rudy, uh, Rudy Huxtable, uh, Keisha, Keisha Knight Pullum, she's another one that was standing by uh, Bill Cosby throughout this whole process. Right. So, you know, it, it's tough. It's always when people, famous folks are in trouble, people come out and support them. You know, R. Kelly, you talked about R. Kelly. I watched that whole thing, uh, that R. Kelly uh, uh, documentary and I can't remember on what channel it was on. But, you know, when he was convicted, when he got in trouble, uh, when he was, uh, when they charged him, with, when that video uh, came out, and they tried to get him on that, and he got away, a young fan, a young lady who was supporting R. Kelly because she loved his music and she was a big fan, you know, when R. Kelly was coming out of the court each and every day, he made eye contact with this young lady and ended up, you know, after the trial was over, ending up getting her, you know, Absolutely. making her one of his sex slaves. So it's sometimes we Absolutely. get blinded by the fact, uh, we get blinded by the fact that this person is a celebrity. You know, we hear their songs. Oh, my God, he's singing to me. We look at Cliff Huxtable, and he's America's dad. But these people are acting. And so it's an art 
we get caught up in that and we want to support them. And Mr. LAS, that's just a fact. This is how this world works. People look at celebrities as, you know, um, this bigger than life thing, and we're going to support them. And that young lady got caught up by R. Kelly because she was an R. Kelly fan. Now here she is, you know, years later, a victim of sexual abuse, bondage, and the whole nine yards, speaking out against R. Kelly. Well, like, as I said earlier, I do believe Bill Cosby did these things because there's no way that 61 women would come out and say the same thing. And I've heard stories of, like, the, the young lady, the, the, the mother that played, the Dre's mother that plays on Blackish, she said, uh, I watched the story on, uh, on The Breakfast Club, but she said a young lady, she, she was talking about how she was going to start in a different world, and Cosby did this for her and Cosby did that for her. And she did, this young lady that she was talking to it was like, he's disgusting, and this is what he did to me. And the, lady was, the young lady was crying. So do I believe Bill Cosby is guilty? Yes. But the judicial system needs to, to, to work the way it's supposed to work. And that this, this, if he made a deal with that, with that prosecutor, that's the prosecutor you need to blame. All the ladies need to blame that prosecutor as well as Bill Cosby for what he made, for what he did. And that young lady... That, that that made that deal, like you said, for the millions of dollars. And the only reason she made that deal, the only reason he that the prosecutor made that deal with this lady was so that she can get compensated for for her charge. Well, wait a minute, hold on. Let's 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 break it down. Let's let's break it down. This is what actually happened when she first filed the charges against or the complaint against Cosby. They did an investigation, and the prosecutor at that time felt that they did not have enough evidence. Right. To criminally to uh, pre- uh, prosecute him. So he went to Cosby and said, hey, listen, tell you what you do. You know, I will not take up a criminal investigation if you agree to testify at this civil uh, civil uh, uh, hearing. And he agreed. And that's that's what you're talking mm-hmm. about. That's the deal that, that, yeah, he, pled, that he made. He pled the fifth. He pled the fifth. He pled the fifth right. on that. And, that, and, that's, and that's what he did. And they couldn't do anything. Well, no, he actually – no, he pled the, doing and the, the criminal charges. And the criminal oh, charges. Oh, the criminal charges. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He pled the fifth. Okay. And okay. That's okay. Yeah, but in the civil, he, he did do a deposition in, with the civil. Yeah. yeah. And, and then they yeah. played it back on him. Yeah, they played it back on him. Yeah. yeah. And he yeah. said, did, sure did you did. give these young ladies uh, uh, pills to have sex with them? He said yes. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. you know, I – it's it's a, it's a it's a damn shame to be honest with you, because Bill Cosby was really one of the one of the leaders in the back in the African American community. I remember when he talked about the pound cake, and people were going off, and I was one of his supporters when he talked about the pound cake. You know, when when referring to how African American young black men are getting in trouble with the law, and it's like, well, wait a minute, you know, why did you have the pound cake? in your pocket in the first place. And I always go back to that situation with Rodney King and when they arrested those three young men for pulling out Reginald Denny when he was in his truck, they pulled him out and beat his ass and shot at him and you know, and he got caught on tape. And when the laws came, all of a sudden the whole neighborhood had on these We Are Family shirts, and they're doing this because they're black. No, they're doing this because your behind got caught on tape trying to beat this man and steal him. And it was a black woman, if you guys remember, who actually pulled Reginald Denny into her backyard and saved his life. So it's it's amazing how folks want to talk about certain things 
when it comes to racial disturbance. Uh, but, you know, once again, with the O.J. trial, same thing. You know, O.J., Mark Furman said he never used the N-word, then they played a tape of him just going berserko with it. And, you know, that led to uh, his acquittal. So it's it's like we give these people the benefit of the doubt, but as far as I'm concerned, you know, what Bill Cosby did was disgusting. And, and Johnny D., you said that, well, maybe he'll retire and fade, fade to black like O.J. Nope, he's already said that he is going to begin his one-man comedy tour again. What wow. is he thinking about? Because he is going, you know what's going interesting to be. Is, yeah. You know, the, 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 the comedian that exposed him uh, was, was too yeah. offended by the comments that he had made. And to get back out there and open yourself up, I don't understand why, because you you, you are a predator. I mean, seriously. Hannibal you know, Burris that's, that's is his not, name. Yeah, I mean, yep. let, let, let's not mistake this here. He's a predator. And if anyone goes to purchase tickets, you know, you, you're supporting his actions. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an advocate for the rule of law. So if his rights was violated, then let him, let him out. But it still doesn't negate the fact that he violated these women. So if he does a one-person tour, um, it goes back to what I said about that that that, that reprobate and that criminal that's that's portraying himself as as still the the, the president. Um, anyone other than than Trump who voted for him is is shameful. Anyone who goes to see Bill Cosby is shameful, and that's that's the truth because he's a predator. Do you think that his, the reruns of the Cosby Show? I mean, I was at uh, I was just home here uh, last month, and I was at my younger brother's house, and you know he was watching the Cosby Show from season one. I'm thinking, huh? I don't know. You know, it's like for now, like with R. Kelly, I'll never play an R. Kelly song again, and I hate that because man, that 1990 album, 1993 album, you know, uh, absolutely, 12th play. absolutely. One of the best Absolutely. CDs that he that was to me that has ever been made. Some of my favorite songs on there, but I will not listen to R. Kelly anymore. And the reason why is because I am a father. I am a girl dad. I have three daughters, and, and I just can't imagine myself supporting someone who uh, who committed these hideous crimes. Now, someone said to me, "Well, you already bought the CD. You already supported him, so you might as well listen to it." It's just the principle of the thing. And when it comes to Bill Cosby, you know, we were sitting there in his uh, living room, and he had it on, and it kind of brought back memories of that time. But my goodness, I said, I can't sit here and continue to watch this. I just can't do it because I, I don't know, man. Just y'all, give me your thoughts on on that. What what about that? I mean, do you think? When you listen to uh, R. Kelly, well, well, listen, we talk about R. Kelly, we talk about Bill Cosby. You know, one of the things that I thought was very, um, which I did not know, was how Dr. Dre used to beat the hell out of his, his girlfriend and his wife or whatever the case may be. And he got off because he was Dr. Dre. And I was like, what? And I don't really listen to that type of music. But it was just right. amazing how people support folks like that. You know, he Dr. Dre with beats and all this other stuff. I don't know, man. So just final word on this one. Uh, what do you think, John? You think we should throw away all those R. Kelly CDs and start watching the Cosby show? 
I'm like I'm like you. I, I've retired the R. Kelly CDs. I don't allow my my, my young ones to uh, look at Michael Jackson, and I won't watch Bill Cosby. I mean, like I said, mm. some people may Hello, may Michael do so, Jackson. but um, but it, you know, it, it's just. It's it's an ethical thing and a moral thing for me. Like you know, I just uh, I, I don't do violating children, women, and you know I'm always root for the underdog. And for people who do that, I just can't give them any support. And for the person who said you already had the CD, yeah, you had it prior to you knowing his history. Yeah, huh. Michael Jackson. We're gonna have to talk about that one. Michael <laughs> Michael Jackson. Interesting, Mr. Elias. Uh, same question to you. Well, you know what, Jay? Uh, wow. I don't watch the Cosby show, um, and I don't listen to any R. Kelly right now, but uh, I do watch A Different World. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I do watch A Different World. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, I, I guess <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, hopefully, we'll be watching the comments and see what our listeners think about Mr. Elias supporting Bill Cosby by watching A Different World. All right. Three, four, seven, eight, five. <laughs> One two seven two. In this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know: the Harlem Cultural Festival was filled with stars from R&B, soul, blues, jazz, and drew more than three hundred thousand people. Questlove, you know who he is from the roots, directs this breathtaking chronicle of black culture in the pivotal moment. So, for more on this, it's Kavita time. In Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know. We'll be right back after this. Don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back after a short break. <laughs> A long-forgotten Harlem event finally gets its due. In the new concert documentary, Summer of Soul, the film is now in cinemas and streaming on Hulu. NPR TV critic Eric Deggins has this review. It's no surprise to learn that a documentary focused on the 1969 Harlem Cultural Festival, an event so star-studded they called it the Black Woodstock, would be packed with jaw-dropping musical performances, including a little group on Motown called Gladys Knight and the Pips. But the concert footage in Summer of Soul is just now being revealed to audiences in 2021. The film is subtitled, or when the revolution could not be televised, in a sly reference to a Gil Scott Heron song. But it's also a wry comment on how such a momentous event for black people could be overlooked for decades. Summer of Soul recreates the festival's spirit using the performances as inspiration to talk about our crucial time for black America. Take, for example, the Chambers Brothers Ode to Harlem, Uptown. Using that song as a backdrop, the film describes Harlem as a cultural oasis for black people. In a new interview, the Reverend Al Sharpton recalls debates back then over using violence to fight oppression. The black community was divided between those that were advocating nonviolence, but most of my friends was with those that were saying self-defense and all words. And if that means tearing up the community to gain our freedom, we will. If this heady remix of interviews, ideas, and music feels like the work of a master DJ, well, that's because it is. Summer of Soul is the directorial debut of Amir Questlove Thompson, the renowned DJ, drummer, and producer. Questlove crams the movie with little scene, 
eye-popping live performances from stars like Sly and the Family Stone and Stevie Wonder. In new interviews, musicians reflect on what performing at the festival meant to them. We were constantly being attacked because we weren't quote-unquote black enough. That's Marilyn McCoo, member of the Fifth Dimension, tearing up while watching footage of their performance. Sometimes we were called the black group with the white sound. We didn't like that. That was one of the reasons why performing in Harlem was so important to us. Mm -hmm. Because we wanted our people to know what we were about. One of the film's most affecting moments comes when gospel legend Mahalia Jackson sings Take My Hand, Precious Lord. It was a favorite song of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who'd been assassinated one year earlier. Earlier in the film, the Reverend Sharpton explains why gospel is so important in black culture. Gospel was the therapy for the stress and pressure of being black in America. We didn't go to a psychiatrist. We didn't go lay on a couch. We didn't know anything about therapists. But we knew Mahalia Jackson. The Harlem Cultural Festival drew 300,000 people over six free concerts in the summer of 1969. Director Hal Tulchin filmed it all, but the Woodstock Festival, which occurred in the same year, completely overshadowed it. No TV or film companies were interested in the footage, which sat in Tulchin's basement for decades. That's why the work of Questlove and his producers in shaping the material into such an emotional, nostalgic, insightful story is so important. He's reclaimed a crucial moment in history, reminding the world of the resilience and power of black culture. I'm Eric Hi, everybody. It's Barack. Now that every American over the age of 16 is eligible to get the vaccine, I want to talk about you getting yours. The vaccine is safe. It's effective. It's free. I got one. Michelle got one. People you know got one. And now you can get one too. It's the only way we're going to get back to all the things we love, from safely spending time with grandparents to going to concerts and watching live sports. So get the vaccine as soon as you can. Online radio at its best. I've read Mao Zedong. I've read, I've read Karl Marx. I've read Lenin. That doesn't make me a communist. So what is wrong with understanding, having some situational understanding about the country for which we are here to defend? And I personally find it offensive that we are accusing the United States military, our general officers, our commissioned, non-commissioned officers, of being, quote, woke. <laughs> he's not just a pig, he's stupid. Welcome back here, 347-850-1272. It is uh, 47 minutes after the hour. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rao Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network. Online radio at its best. Best happy Fourth of July to you and yours. Please be safe as you celebrate this nation's uh, uh, birthday. Uh, Fox News host Tucker Carlson sharply criticized the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff on Thursday, calling him a pig and stupid, and saying that he got his job because he was a yes man and told his superiors what they wanted to hear. Let's start right there. And John, l- let me tell you, man, this guy Tucker Carlson. He is slowly but surely, Mr. Elias, he's starting to elevate himself to uh, that Rush Limbaugh status in my mind. Where if I, and what I mean by that, 
Folks who have been listening to this show for years know, know exactly what I'm about to say. But for those who may be first-time listeners, I want you to get J. Rowell unfiltered. What that simply means is that if I wake up tomorrow morning and go online or read the paper that Tucker Carlson was hit by a truck, I will continue to sip coffee and won't think too thinks about it. What irks me as a person who put this nation's uniform on are these little guppy-ass white boys who have privilege, who think that they can say what they want to say and make all this damn money by desecrating our uh, leaders, our military personnel. Now, this is the Republican Party who thinks that the military is everything. You know, they're the ones sharing the flags and have the MIA uh, uh, flags, POW flags hanging off their motorcycles as they travel through town and act ridiculous and for this little bow tie wearing bastard to let that stuff ooze from his lips he is one that if I ever caught him on the streets and I mean this if I was somewhere and no one saw I would beat the living hell out of a Tucker Carlson Johnny D let me go to you on this one first because you like me put this nation's uniform on and when you hear people like that spoiled-ass rich people who make these comments who have never, probably never even thought about putting on this nation's uniform. And the reason why he's graduating to Rush Limbaugh status is because Rush Limbaugh was a guy who, draft, who, who dodged a draft. He had the opportunity to serve this nation, and he chose not to. Donald Trump became president. He got, a, got his, his, his father got some doctor to lie about bone spurs in his feet so he can continue to stay here and chase women and eat caviar. While fine, brave young men and women were giving their lives for this nation that he has scammed to be the most powerful person in the world at one point. Give me your thoughts on Tucker Carlson, man, and those ridiculous, insane comments that he made. You know, let, let me start by going to January the 6th and you think about they estimate 10% of the individuals who were arrested were either law enforcement or military or, or active duty or, or, or veterans who committed the coup on the Capitol. And it, it just it, – it still amazes me how – because all of this here is, is in line with, with that criminal who called generals dopes and babies, who called, you know, prisoners of war, suckers and losers. I mean, the sentiment and the lack of regard that he showed is just simply giving an audience to the Tucker Carlson's, the Matt Gates of the world. I mean, think about this here back in, what, March, April, when Tucker Carlson made that parade against uh, female uh, People in the Air Force when they when they displayed the the maternity uniform and he compared yeah. the the U.S. military to, the, to to China and said the U.S. I mean the U.S. military is getting more feminine and China's getting more masculine and then you got Ted Cruz who who oh. did similar and talked about how how powerful the Russian soldiers were and talked about you know this, this the Democrats are, are woke. And then you get this clown, uh, Matt Gates, who sits there and talks about he understands now with generals like these, uh, 
meaning General Miley and others, he understands now why America has lost more wars than what they won. I mean, oh are you for God. real? Wow. Are you for real? He tweeted that. He tweeted that. And then mm. you talk about this Tucker Carlson who sat there and pretends that the U.S. military has, has not been segregated. It wasn't until Harry Truman came on and he, and, and he integrated the military. He talks about for 200 years the military has, has been uh, – hadn't had any racism in it. So now you, you get the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd, and this General Miley. And I thought he handled himself well, and you see how he shut that Matt Gates up uh, during the during during the uh, the House Armed Services Committee uh, meeting, and because they're offering the course, the CRT course, uh, critical race theory course at West Point, and and I thought that the general handled himself well. Who's real distinguished? I mean, as I got to reading. The, the accolades two when, when did this happen two weeks ago maybe two weeks a week and a half or so ago yeah yeah when, about a week when, and a half ago yeah yeah and, and I and I you know immediately I went to say okay so who is this guy who who's speaking up and and shutting down this this loudmouth Matt Gates uh, right here in the hearing because that that takes a bold stance to to do that knowing that you know in in in, in a a short scope of of things that the military uh, senators and congressmen do have some degree of influence in those areas there, but for these guys to get on there and spout their mouths off, you know, like they pro law enforcement, pro military until it's convenient for them, they all but, you know, so the Ted Cruz's of the world and and the Matt Gates, all of these ones who have compared the U.S. military and basically said we're less masculine than Russia and China. <clears throat> And these are the ones who we continuously elect and reelect to serve us. These are the ones who we give a microphone. These are the ones that's going to be jumping around sometime today uh, looking at fireworks, talking about how American they are. And you're going to have people who are going to cheer and revere them. But it started with, with that criminal, that criminal Trump, and his bashing of the military. You know, he went out and got all these generals, and, he, you know, I guess at some point when they started to question him now he turns against him and and, and think about a, a distinguished a distinguished serviceman john mccain how he disrespected him see all of this sentiment is the same these guys mm. are pro them pro them mm. anti anything that that rebuts them now if the general had went in there and said that he condemned crt the critical race touting him as the next becoming. But because he went in there and said, look, I want to understand white rage. And what did he equate it to? He equated it to January the 6th. He wants to know yep. what made American citizens storm the Capitol and commit a coup. That's what he wants to understand. Is he wrong for that? Not hardly. This society has got to get these voices off who for that older gentleman and that older woman or the people that sit and just simply watching Fox all day, this is all they get and they and, and they believe it. It's like that, that, that one America news man, depending upon what news cycle that you're watching, you're thinking, Okay, I'm living in two different worlds mm-hmm. And imagine the ones who listen to this fool all day. 
And then yeah. you wonder why it's hate out there. Yeah. You, you, you know, he's right, you know, uh, Mr. Elias. You know, I've walked into, you know, so many businesses, uh, corporate businesses, and some of the, in their break rooms, uh, especially, you know, where the blue-collar folks are. You know, you to walk in there and Fox News is on. I mean, this is stuff is being uh, is being piped into their uh, membranes uh, all day long, and they believe this stuff. But like John said, how can you – call yourself a red-blooded American, and you listen to these people denounce the military. You saw what happened on January 6th. They were beating the hell out of police officers. You know, more and more videos coming out showing just how bad this really was. But yet and still, like John said, 10% of those people were either active or retired military, law enforcement personnel out there beating the hell out of their feather, feather, I mean, fellow brethren. And then you have people like the party boy, boy Matt Gates, uh, questioning you know military leadership and commitment. And you have Tucker Carson sitting there in his freaking uh, air conditioned studio saying all these things. When I see him, man, I just want to knock the smirk off his face. That's how much I despise that man. And like I said, he is at Rush Limbaugh status. Rush Limbaugh's dead and gone. And I was like, hey, you know, well, see you, you know, hey, hey, good luck in the afterlife. And now Tucker Carson is one of those people like, hey, whatever, dude, I'll see you. If you get hit by a bus, oh, well, next. What say you, Mr. Elias? Well, Jay, I, I would say that some of these people need to serve into the military, you know, so so that you can see what the military goes through. But so for Tucker Carlson and Matt Gates to have this smug attitude, put their ass in the military. Put them in there for a month. Let's see how they respond to it. I bet you. I bet you they cry. I bet you. I bet you they cry like never mind. But anyway, um, I, I watched the, the, the general help, uh, hold himself down, and, and I think he did an excellent job. I, you know, I was like, wow. You know, and he just said, I want to understand. What makes white people so angry? Well, you know, I can tell you what makes white people so angry and why they feel like they can get away with it. Like the guy, the guy that sat at Nancy Pelosi's desk, he cried while he was in jail. Why couldn't he get out? Dude, you broke into the Capitol and sat at her desk, and you, was going, you were going to do, you were going to cause harm to a congressperson. And, and, and you want to know why you can't get out of jail? He cried. I don't understand. It's called the law is not made for me. It's made for you. And that's how they feel. That's why they can't understand what what black people go through. They can't. They can't understand what anybody goes through unless it happens to them. I look, I look, I look at Meghan McCain, how she'll sit there and say stuff on The View, and she'll say stupid stuff. And it's like because you have never been through it. Like she said about maternity leave until she got pregnant. Then she said, oh, everybody needs maternity leave. Oh, until you experience it, you don't you don't understand it, and you need to experience it. You need to experience what what what, what it is when you leave out your house and you black and you say, okay, do I got this? I got that. I got this. I got that. Okay, I should be okay. And when you see a police, when you, I hate to say it, when I see a police officer, I get nervous because I'm like, is this my last day on earth? Because you don't never know because they're gonna violate your rights regardless. No matter if you know your civil rights or not. I watched a video last night of a guy that knew his civil rights, and they still arrested him. And he sued him, and he's winning. But he, he said, I don't even want money. I just want this guy fired. I want these officers fired because they violated my civil rights. So 
it, it's, 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 these people don't understand, and they never will understand because they don't have to live our life. Hmm. Three four seven eight five. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two at the top of the hour. Um, but let's talk about the reason why we're even having this conversation. Because if you just peel back the layers, guys, it's dealing with race. And like Johnny mm-hmm. said, all the general is saying that we as white folks, in order for us, you know, one of the things I respect is when you hear some of these folks that says, "Look, I'm a white person. I don't understand what." I remember. Um, when they uh there was an interview and I can't remember if it you know, everybody loves the uh inside the NBA crew, Shaq Kenny, Charles, Eddie, uh uh I mean uh Ernie. And I remember either it was doing a it was when they were inducted into the NBA Hall basketball I mean to the basketball hall of fame or they were being interviewed by Craig Melvin on the Today Show. Uh, there was a point in one of those two interviews uh, Charles Barkley got very emotional when he said after the George Floyd situation that Ernie called him. Ernie Johnson called him at like 2 o'clock in the morning saying, you know, look, I'm I'm a privileged white guy. What can I do to help? I mean, what can I do? And, and, and Charles was moved to tears by that phone call because he says him and Ernie don't talk offset. They're all close like brothers. But when you get a call at 1 o'clock in the morning or whatever the case may be, and this is your brother uh, of another color coming at you saying, look, what can I do to help? I, it, that always kind of makes me feel good to know that there is there are good people in America. But think about it. They're lambasting him because all he is saying, look, we need, in order for our country and for our world to be a better place, we as white folks need to understand the plight of the black man. And so we need to teach this so our officers who will be in charge of minorities and people of color in the future will have more information and have more knowledge of the plight of these folks when they are under their charge. I mean, guys, what is wrong with that? What is wrong with it? Somebody help me with this. Why is this an issue? We have three minutes left in this segment. There, there, there is no issue. Uh, you know, cultural diversity and diversity training, multi-generational training, all of that stuff helps leaders to better understand the demographics of who you are leading. When it comes to race, there is no replacement or real-world experience. Now, some might pause what Les said earlier about when he leaves his home every day and he has an interaction that he believes in that instance that there could be a loss of life. That's real. And those are the type of things that people don't understand. When I look at my, 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 my two sons, I sit back every day, man, particularly the younger one, and I look at this world that, it, that, that, that exists now, and I'm telling you, there's times where I weep because I know I'm not going to be there to protect him if, if the laws of, of life moves on. Um, I'll, wow. I'll, you know, I, I pray that I move through life, and, and, and he outlives me by, by many decades. But there's going to come a point where he's going to look around and he's going to say, okay, my father's not here, so I have to give him everything that, he, that I have to give him now. 
He doesn't have mm-hmm. time to be a little boy. I got to prepare him for what the world mm. has for a young black male. That's real. I work with these law enforcement officers every day. I work within the judicial system. I work in corrections. Been doing it for 28 years, 28 years, and I'm still confused. As much training as you have, because it's the core and it's the foundation of this country. I served in the military. I try to be as 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 receptive to all races and genders that that I possibly can because typically we want to do the right thing, but we also understand our reality. We understand when it comes to promotions. We understand when it comes to interactions. You know, it's amazing how even now when I walk up on certain segments of conversations in my workplace, how people start talking about the weather. Well, you know what they were probably talking about before you got there. (laughs) Wow. So these, these, wow. are, these are interactions that's real. I've trained Caucasian officers only to be driving around, setting up there, getting these glares and stares when they come into the neighborhoods and stuff like that. Like, okay, am I supposed to just, you know, revere you because you're in the uniform? There is a sense of entitlement that has to be admonished. So when the general says that, He's legitimate. As a leader, you need that, and we have to be receptive to it. I applaud Ernie Johnson if he reached out to Charles Barkley, but Charles Barkley is probably the least likely one who can understand the disadvantages of it. He talked about it, but Charles Barkley many, many years ago showed his, 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 his undercoat. So, you know, yeah, let it go. Yeah, yeah. I think we you know, have another segment say. where we're going to talk about that chief. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. We are. That's coming up. Uh, Matter of fact, I think it's next. Uh, but, yeah, Charles Barkley, you know, uh, Mr. Elias, let me give you 30 seconds on this one, man, brother. I want to get your final comments on it before we step out. Well, you know, what, with, with Charles Barkley or what, what, which one are you talking about? No, no, just the fact that, just to, just to close this out, if you have any final thoughts well, about this. Well, you know, some man, uh, you know, Johnny, I, I, I agree with you, man. The bottom line is that we have to train our children differently than anybody else. You know, whether whether you know, boy, girl, or, or whatever, you know, it, it's just it's it's it, you got to really train your children to, hey man, when you just stop, put your hands on, they put your hand ten and two, so they can see you. So, man, and, and that, you know, and you know, I've I've been with, I, I went through high school that was predominantly white, and when when they got stopped by the cops, they didn't they didn't care, they just talked to me kind of way they wanted to to them, and I was like, ooh, you getting away with that? Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. All right, folks, it's a wrap on that particular topic. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show. Happy Independence Day to you and yours. Be safe as you celebrate. Stay tuned. America is starting to breathe again. A decent man as president. A plan to protect us. It feels almost normal, but it's not. Republicans still will not admit that President Biden was legally elected which means they don't believe in democracy. They believe an election is only legitimate if they win. That's not democracy. Their plan? Pass voter suppression bills to block minorities from voting. Take back Congress. Impeach President Biden. We refuse. We refuse to accept the end of the American experiment. We refuse to allow anti-democratic autocrats to steal our country. We choose to fight, and we will not lose. Join us. 
Police Chief Anthony Campo last Friday at the department's copier, printing out a small note. He places it on the raincoat set aside for a black officer just before he enters the room. It reads Ku Klux Klan, the name of the nation's most notorious white supremacy group. I said, I don't want to even hear about it. I said, you've already admitted to it. And I said, you've got 10 minutes to get out of this office. I said, I want your keys, badge, and that's it. Get out. Sheffield Mayor Dennis Bring describing his conversation with the chief after learning details of the incident on Tuesday. 
brought to his attention by the union representing officers. I asked him if he was psychologically okay yesterday, and he said absolutely. He made a cone out of a newspaper, and he put it on himself, and he made a comment that you're going to have to wear this for the shift. Bring met with the officer today to apologize for the chief's actions. It took us 10 minutes to even talk to each other because we were both very emotional. And, uh, and I apologized to him, and uh, we talked about the situation, and he told me a little bit more, and I was like, I just, I just flabbergasted. There, I can't, there's no one word to explain how disgusting this is. Chief for eight years, and with the city for more than 30, Campos described the incident to a local newspaper as, quote, some off-color comments and police station antics. He knows what he did. He just, you know, playing it off like it's, I don't, I, I don't even think he fathoms how bad this is. And he's going to realize it. So, and shame on him. And you know what? I hope he gets whatever he deserves. Welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It is the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio, and it's best thirteen minutes after the hour. Okay, a surveillance tape from a Sheffield uh, Lake Police Department uh, from the Sheffield Lake Police Department in Ohio shows the longtime chief printing a note reading KKK. Placing it on the block officer's raid code, according to the city's mayor. Um, so, this guy was immediately placed on administrative leave. It is pending review of the video, and um, oh, you know what? Let's start right there. Uh, let me start with you, Ms. Delias. Here's a situation where, once again, people, white folks, think they can do what they want to do. Off-colored, off-colored, off-colored police. Uh, room behavior. Let me tell you what really bothered me when I saw the video. And for those who haven't seen it, you need to go watch it. When the black officer, so they show it shows the chief. He uh, makes the uh, Xerox of the KKK. Uh, it says Ku Klux Klan, and the officer's police. I mean, his rain gear is lying there on the desk. He walks up, and over the word police, he folds his paper to, you know, fit right there to block up, block out the police, and it says Ku Klux Klan. And, and when the black police officer showed up, he looked at it, and he kind of laughed and stuff, and, and, you know, then the chief came in there, and they were all laughing and stuff. I, you know, and, but then later on, uh, when the, that same black police officer had a conversation with the mayor, he was very emotional. And what it reminded me of was a situation where here's this, 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 this black officer working in such a hostile environment that he had to laugh it off. And what went through my mind, to be honest with you, Mr. Elias, he was like, oh, yes, boss, that's funny, boss. <laughs> that's, that's how I looked at that whole thing. Because he was in an environment that was so toxic that he had to laugh it off in order to, you know, to make sure he remained gainfully employed, you know, make sure that the racism that he knew that seeped in that place wouldn't be too bad on him. I just got infuriated when I saw his reaction more than anything. What's a human stallion? Look, man, I, I, I've been in those situations myself, man, where, where, well, where it wasn't my boss, it was a coworker. Say, so you don't look bad for a black guy. Say, so you look horrible for a hillbilly. So, hey, you know, if you want to consult me, I'm gonna insult you right back. Bottom line, you don't. I, I don't play like that. 
We don't play these racial games. You don't but he's the chief. The N-word. I, he's I don't the chief care. of police. I don't give a damn who you are. I don't give a damn who you are. You don't get to insult me like that. I don't give a damn. I'm a man. I'm a man first and foremost. And I ain't going to chuck and jive with you when you insult me. I would have went right at him and said, hey, man, what's your damn problem? What is, what is wrong with you? Come on, let's go talk to somebody about this. Because there's human resources that you got to go through. I don't give a damn who you are. And there's protocols that you got to follow. I don't give a damn if you're the chief of police or not. You still got to follow protocol. So don't hand me that crap where you come in and you laugh about it. Hell no. I'd have went off. I'd have went the hell off and then and then took his ass and and, and they did that investigating. What's that they investigate? You got him on camera. Putting this stuff out there. Ku Klux Klan? And you think it's a joke? How can you do that to the white folks? Now what if what if what if the black brother went in there and put in the black patterns or, or Black Lives Matter? They'd have been offended right away. And they'd have, they'd have, they'd have got him fired right away. Come on, man. Let's let's just stop the madness. He's, I don't give a dick. I don't give a damn if the chief of police or not. You, his ass should be his ass should be gone right now. Shouldn't even be no if and shouldn't even be an investigation. You put it out there, you admit it to it, talking about it was color humor, then color your ass onto the employment line. That's where it should be going. Give a damn, man. That's that's just that's garbage, man. In a workplace. Well, John, you know. I- I talked about how, and Mr. Elias used the perfect term, shucking and jiving, because that's exactly what this black officer did after he saw this particular, uh, you know, uh, the uh, Ku Klux Klan sign on his rain gear. And then the chief comes in there and everybody's laughing. And um, I just felt for the officer. What was so because funny about it? Well, I, well, he laughed at Mr. Because Mr. Ellis, you just said. It. I mean, it was a situation where, you know, he was in, a, in an environment where, I, I mean, look, I'm not sure whether Sheffield Police, uh, you know, how big the force is. I mean, what's the employment opportunities in that area? You know, listen. Sometimes you have to. Let me tell you about a, a situation for me that happened, and then I want to get Johnny's comments. I was uh, at work, and, 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 and a VP walked in my office, and and, uh, and he started talking about the possibilities of Trump winning, you know, if Trump, now this is before Trump had ran. Uh, this is the beginning of the 2016 election cycle, and he was saying, that, you know, this one guy that I like is this guy Trump, and he started talking, he said he'll never win because of his outlandish, this, that, and the other. But he started talking about his business things and things of that nature. And so I was sitting there listening to this, and I said, okay, do I step in and say, wait a minute, this is the same man that accused five uh, black men, innocent black men, the Central Park Five, of crimes that they did not commit. This is the same man who had discriminatory his father, didn't allow black people to live in their penthouses. I'm thinking, does he even know this history? And it was a moment for me to say, damn, do you step up and be the black Jay, or do you just listen to this? You be the corporate Jay and just listen to this and, uh, and you know, and make a comment here or there. Uh, to try to voice your, uh, uh, you know, your opinion about this particular person, but you do it in a way where you're not coming at it from a perspective where you, you know, you're that angry black man. You're doing it in a way that, hey, you, you know, you just have different political views, which once again, you're not so supposed to be talking about in the office anyway. But this is a senior VP, a great guy. I mean, even to this day, I mean, he's a great dude. I mean, he, he's. 
but it's just like they don't know, and it kind of goes back to the the last topic that we had, John. How maybe he, if he was more educated on uh, the plight of us, that he would have a better understanding to know that there are certain things that you just don't do, but they don't know their ignorance is what it is. So bringing it back to this particular situation, um, you know, I felt for the officer, John. Because, you know, he was in a hot, you could tell it's a hostile work environment where people feel that comfortable to put that type of stuff, to play those, to, to even have those types of jokes. They felt comfortable because they knew that they controlled the HR department, the boss was in on it. So what could this black officer do? What Where could he go? And what could he do but just laugh at all? Like, okay, whatever. Absolutely. Um, you know, the, one of the things that, that I, I picked up on, and, and it's amazing how we think alike on that, I, I looked at the reaction of the African-American officer, and it, it it saddened me, but at the same time it brought back compromising positions that we probably have all put ourselves in in an encounter. Um, real quickly, I had pulled up the, the population in, in this 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 town is 9,000, so you're talking about a small police department where don't really know this, this young man's name. I don't, I don't even know if they've even named the officer's name. Uh, they, they talked about the mayor, and they talked about this, 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 this chief uh, 33 years, but that's a toxic culture. But that's a culture where here it is, this officer has been with the force less than a year. He walks in there, and the chief, okay? This is this this isn't a coworker. This isn't his immediate supervisor. This is the chief of the police department. Right. He feels comfortable right. enough to, to to do this. And you know we 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 talk about okay what he should have done, but the truth of the matter is is that that's only as good as that next call out. Okay. Because see that next call out, your officers can stand down. Your officers can create a situation where they don't respond. So that's only as good as that next call out. So when he that's walks in there and he sees that, he's got to be – I mean, imagine the foolishness that he's dealt with prior to that. That didn't even shock mm-hmm. him. He comes in, slumps his shoulder, laughs and chuckle. The chief comes in there. The other officers come up in there. No one was amazed by that. So imagine the foolishness that he's had to endure every single day. You know, it, it – it goes back to that systemic racism. I remember when I first went, uh, came into to the, to, to, to my current agency, and, and I was at a different location at that point in time, small. You know, I, I tell you what, it, it, it's amazing. It, it, you know, when, when you deal in an urban area, you deal in a small town, the conformity of it and, and what you try to do to be accepted is, is amazing. And I'm going to give you a real brief one. After 90 days, they gave me an evaluation 28 years ago, and this was a decent sergeant, and he tells me he never looks up, never blinks. He said, you're one of the best black officers we have. I mean, he never even blinked, never even Mm. blinked, okay? This is 1993. He never even blinked, and he just kept right on. I'm thinking, okay, this was one who halfway was was decent, okay? But the culture was such that – 
I was standing out there with some of the other officers, and they was they was talking about the Hispanics because the Hispanics was the ones who did all the agriculture in this little small area. And I mean, you would ride by, and it'll be forty or fifty of them in a, in a house or something. Just treated them terrible. But you know, you had Caucasian officers, you had black officers, and all of them out there laughing and chuckling. So one of them looks at me, and they ask me, "Hey, man, you know, you all right?" I said, "Yeah, I'm good." Well, you know, uh, I, I, I see you, you you ain't laughing. I said, well, I don't find it funny because I know when mm. I step out this door, y'all going to talk about me. Now, I mm. say that in the midst of the, the handful of African-American officers and the numerous Caucasian officers. Now I'm the black sheep, okay? So I'm the black sheep, but at some point you have to stand on fertile ground, but you got to be willing to do that. But if, but if this guy is from that little small community, he's grown up accepting the culture because if the chief yep. does that in the, in, 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 in the department, in the offices, then imagine what they're doing in the community. Okay. Imagine mm. what he's been exposed to. So, so in essence, I, I don't, I don't berate this, this young man. See what we have become accustomed to uh, African-Americans. We've always been the entertainment. Okay. But but because they pay LeBron James millions to do it, he's still the entertainment. You understand what I'm saying? So yeah. until we change the dynamics and we become the owners, then we're going to always be the entertainment. We're going to always be that individual who has to settle for less and who has to succumb and suppress ourselves. It ain't no different than the military. Think about this here, uh, Jay, when we was in the military – when, when when they talked about fraternization, what what was they really saying? The white hmm. officers you know what they were saying. this exclusive club and all the black enlisted would go to this. Hmm. It's the same old thing. You understand what I'm saying? It's the same old thing. How do you get a, a, a ROTC graduate who might have gone to the Citadel or might have gone to, the, to West Point? And mind you, okay, when I say this, I'm not saying that African-Americans haven't gone to those great institutions but it's a rarity. So when you see this little butterball lieutenant come in and he's telling and with, with two years, two years of service and four years of ROTC, and now he's telling a 20-some year sergeant major that he's in command, look at the foolishness, man. The paradigms and systemic racism is set up to where we have to suppress ourselves. So when we get in those positions, we got to build up the ranks. We got to develop our staff to be – but. One thing I will say is that we always try to be fair, okay? Always try to be Absolutely. fair. Absolutely. Because this guy is a straight clown. For him to, I mean, you're talking about the chief coming in and set a culture like that right there, and the guy comes in, shrugs his shoulder, kind of chuckle off. I can only imagine what he's already been subjected to. Yeah, can he say something? Yeah, he can say something. But then when he goes out on that next call, who's going to have his back? Boy, that's it. Boy, I tell you what, man. I love the way you brought it back home with that one. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We're stepping out. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show. Online radio at its best. I'm Morgan Freeman. I'm not a doctor, but I trust science. And I'm told that for some reason people trust me. So here I am to say, I trust science, and I got the vaccine. If you trust me you'll get the vaccine. In math, it's called the distributive property. In people, it's called taking care of one another. Get the vaccine. Help make our world a safe place for us to enjoy ourselves again. Please. 
Welcome back in. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It is thirty three minutes after the hour. It is the serious side of the J. Rouse show. Happy Independence Day to you and yours. Hope you guys are enjoying the Fourth of July. Hope you guys do it safe and responsible if you're going to pop fireworks, especially if you are in an area where there has been no rain. Please be careful and check with local authorities because there are some places in this nation where now, because of those conditions, you cannot pop fireworks. So check it out before you engage. Uh, as always, I never share the stage by myself. Let me say good morning to my brothers from another mother. The only one, the only, the one and only Mr. Johnny D. And the place to be is in the house. Good morning, John. How are you, sir? Good morning, good morning, good morning. I tell you what, everything is in line with my favorite topics. <laughs> I know, brother. Speak on it. Preach. I'm telling you, we have a lot of comments. We can't read them all because we're pressed against time. But people are liking what they're seeing, are hearing so far. Mr. L.E.S., man, good morning, sir. How are you? Well, good morning, good morning, good morning to you, my brother. Good morning, Kathleen Williams. Good morning, Vanessa. Good morning, Miss Sister. Good morning, Mormo B. And uh, good morning to very lovely Mariana Music. And Mariana Music, that first one was Merry Go Round, a music soul child. And the next hey. one was Open the Way by Seek. And good morning to my brother Jerome. And good morning to my brother Hawk. Mr. Elias, can we say hello to the people in the chat room? Good morning. You don't mind. Uh, yeah, we had Kavina Man in there with us and Purple Pill and some guests in there with us. All right, good morning, guest Purple Pill. What's happening, Convena, man? You know how we get down. Convena. All right, let me say hello to the pastor of Mariana Music, to uh, Robin. Hold on, let me get this list out. Uh, see, can I say hello to most of these people? Uh, Jamika is back in the house. Donovan, I love that name. He's here. Kelly, Corey, Billy, Jay. So many people. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let me give you a word, a heads up right now. I can't read all your comments. Uh, so I apologize for that. So, but... But know that I did see them and I have read them. And thank you for some of the comments. And, you know, we can't read them all because we're pressed against time. And speaking of which, let me get this thing moving. Uh, uh, hard perimeter was set uh, during the course of the morning as this evolved. Ultimately, uh, two individuals were located in the wood line. Uh, one was armed. Uh, those individuals, those two individuals have been taken into custody and are under arrest and are being processed. I'm pleased and relieved to be able to report to you that at approximately 10:15 this morning, uh, we were able to successfully resolve this uh, situation through a combination of negotiation and some t- tactical maneuvers. Uh, as a result of that, uh, we were able to place nine individuals into custody without incident. They joined the two that had previously been uh, placed under arrest earlier in the morning for a total of 11 arrests. Uh, those individuals surrendered without incident to the state police stop team members that were at the scene. Uh, police in Massachusetts arrested 11 men on Saturday after a bizarre hours-long standoff that led to a partial shutdown of Interstate 95 and a stay-at-home order for the surrounding area. The standoff with the men in tactical gear who claimed to be a part of a Morsha American group ended up lasting almost nine hours, and in the end it was resolved through a combination of negotiation and tactical measures, according to uh, Minnesota State Police spokesman Christopher Mason. The bizarre series of of events started at around 1.30 on Saturday when a state trooper saw two cars pulled over on I-95 with their hazard lights on uh, in Wakefield. The officers saw men refilling their gas tanks with their own fuel and stopped to see if they needed help. 
the officer quickly realized that the men were wearing military-style uniforms and were armed with long rifles and pistols. The men refused to provide identification and their firearm license, so the state trooper asked for backup, and the men fled into uh, nearby Woodline. Let's uh, pick it up right there. Um, the effects of Donald Trump and his presidency, this is what this is all about. These guys are out in the open, Mr. Elias, saying that we are a militia group. What, what type? 11 people. Now, you know, let's rewind back to what happened in Michigan when you had militia groups standing in the state capitol with long arms, which... We also found that they were planning to uh, kidnap the governor of that great state. I mean, let's, give me a thoughts on this one, Mr. Elias. Once again, 11 men who feel that they can just take the law into their own hands, a militia group. What do you, I mean, what type of, what is your mindset for you to sit around and think that you are this homemade military, once again, under the Constitution? Because we take the Constitution when it works, you know, there are those who, you know, they, they really embrace the, comp, the Constitution when it works in their favor, but then they also, but then when it's not in their favor, they curse it. Here are some guys who are saying that under the Constitution, they're allowed to have militias, so we're going to create a militia group. Man, give me a thoughts on this stupid and ridiculous and bizarre story. Uh, well, you know, some day militia groups are popping up all over. And it, it just, just not, has not just started happening. Timothy McVeigh, the, 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 the famous bomber from uh, Oklahoma City, Infamous. was part of a, Mich- a, Michigan, a Michigan militia. So, and, uh, you know, this is, this is nothing new with militias. It's become more prevalent now, and it's out in the open with Donald Trump. You know, and, and they're arresting these guys without incident. You know, I, I wonder what, if it was a black militia, what would they have done? There you go. They would have been out in incident. Without incident, because when they had in, in Philadelphia, they dropped a bomb on 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 a uh, wow, on a black militia yeah. in 1985. Yeah. So they had to stand off. Those row houses. Yeah. Yes. 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 So I mean, dude. I mean, is it? it, it, it uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's nothing new with the, with the militia. There's nothing. There's nothing new about this. They've been, it's been happening for, for quite some time now. You know, it's just that they, right now, they're becoming more prevalent. They're becoming more out, outspoken, you know. And like I said, they, they, when the Black Panthers stormed the Capitol with guns in the 60s, what they do, they outlaw, they outlaw guns in California. <laughs> but you got in Michigan, they really want the white militias storm the Capitol with guns. Nothing happens. This is, this is, uh, it's just, it is what it is, man. Welcome to America. You know, Johnny, uh, Mr. Elias brought up a good point about the row houses in Philadelphia. And the one thing that he really brought to light that I was definitely concentrating on is how they walked up on these officers. I mean, walked up on these men that were dressed in military fatigue. And these men walked away. They were arrested uh, after hours of negotiations. But they will roll up on an armed black man with guns drawn and will engage and fire with these men who are unarmed in all these cases. It's just amazing the differences when they encounter people that look like them versus people who don't. Your thoughts, please. Well, I will say this right here. Uh, I, I, I do get some, some, some information, and, and I'll share as much as I can. 
but some of these members were African American. Um, if you go back to the great history of of the Moors, uh, the Moors was from Spain, Portugal, uh, fierce fighting soldiers, uh, fighting warriors. So the history is great. Uh, the actual, you know, they would be referred to as sovereign citizens, and the the leader of the Moors, the Moor Science Temple is a black guy by the name of Noble Drew Ali who got his teachings from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Nation of Islam. So when you go back, these were not um these were not Caucasian this was not a Caucasian militia, which <clears throat> was intriguing to me because when you look at the number of militias and the and the number of persons that walk around armed, um mm-hmm. part of the, the that, that brief indicated that they was on their way to Rhode Island they got a training camp up there, so they were heading that way. But check out, check, I mean, check, check it out, check it out, because uh, like I say, they, these were these were Arab and, and African Americans. Uh, they didn't get the demographics of all eleven of them, but um, right. this this was this was a, a different group here. And 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 what that goes to show is this here. If you're going to let a certain demographic walk around armed and, you know, uh, take Texas, okay? Mm-hmm. Take Texas. Mm-hmm. We, we've been talking right. about Texas for the last two weeks and, and these uh, the, the relinquishing of gun control laws. Well, right. what was these guys doing wrong other than just being black with weapons, okay? That's really what we're talking about. Now, of course, the colonel ended up talking about, you know, some law that would allow them to arrest them. But that was really what this was about, folks. That's what this was about. If you if, if you got guns, I got guns. If you can train, I can train. But but the Moors are, so, are sovereign citizens. They don't recognize themselves as as uh, United States citizens. So they 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 have treaties according to them. So they don't recognize the laws and the, and the rules. But in this instance right here, uh-huh. were they violating the law according to the colonel of the Highway Patrol? They were. But the truth of the matter is, is that you're going to see more and more of this as you loosen gun laws. You're going to see more and more right. of this. But what you're going to also have that's going to exist is you're going to have these gun battles and stuff in, in the street. But I, I, I don't know if you if you're a Shakespearean, but but I I, I came up reading Shakespeare, and if, if you remember the the book Othello, um, Othello was was a Moor, and yeah, the I mean just too, a yeah. rich history, a rich history. Of warriors. Uh, now today's are a little different as far as the sovereign cities, the Mars Science Temple, a little different. But uh, yeah. the truth of the matter is, I think that you're going to see more militias of, of uh, minority militias who are uh-huh. going to be in communities because, again, it's one of those: if you can do it, then I'm going to arm myself. And now you got a uh-huh. society full of guns and weapons. And and you think about in in the cities now uh, how the right. crime rate. Has increased. This is this this is not going to help it. I mean, this is not right. going to help it. So, like yeah. I say, it, it's going to be interesting to see how they go about the charging of these young men right here. Something that I'm going to follow because there are some disparities, and I expect to see some of the the, the racial bias uh, be introduced into this when it comes to the charging of, of these eleven individuals. Uh, what they call the rise wow. of the Moors. The rise of the Moors. Yes. Yeah. 
Wow, that's good. That's a good pull, man. Because I, I know I'll tell you this. I saw the I saw some uh, video footage, and, uh, and and I didn't see any African Americans. But you know, I'm glad that you brought that to the table, man. That's good stuff. All right, Mr. Elias, man, you get the last word, man. Final thoughts on this uh, thirty seconds. Well, you know, some man, like I said before, militia groups have been around, man, for for God knows how long, and they're not going to stop. So you know. Hey, man, all I can say is, man, just be careful when you're around the militia groups, man, because these, these people do not play, man. They don't. Yeah, they don't. And uh, you're right. And I have seen black militias, too. So it's like, hey, what's good for the goose is good for the gander, baby. You can pull yours. We can pull ours. There you go. Good stuff, Johnny D. All right, NPR News update, uh, Pastor Steve's uh, shout-outs and final thoughts. All that's coming up next. You're listening to The Serious Side. This message comes from NPR sponsor Kroger, who goes to great lengths to bring you the produce that's fresher than fresh, like making sure their strawberries are shipped the same day they're picked. Shop fresh at your local Kroger today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. New York City is getting its first museum dedicated to LGBTQ history and culture. NPR's Anastasia Soukis reports that the new museum will be part of the oldest museum in the city, the New York Historical Society. The American LGBTQ Plus Museum is scheduled to open sometime around 2024. It will take up a floor of the newly expanding New York Historical Society, which is adding 70,000 feet to its existing space overlooking Central Park West. Although the seed of an idea for such a museum has been circulating for decades, the project really got off the ground with fundraising in 2017. The museum's board chair, Richard Burns, told the New York Times that the idea is to document the birth and history of the queer movement. He said, quote, we better record this history, integrate it, and celebrate it before we lose it. Anastasia Silkas, NPR News, New York. Tyson Foods is recalling nearly 8.5 million pounds of frozen, fully cooked chicken. At issue is a concern over possible listeria contamination. The products were made at a plant in Missouri between the end of December and the middle of April. Tyson and the U.S. Department of Agriculture jointly announced the recall last night. The CDC also issued a food safety alert pointing to three illnesses, three hospitalizations, and one death. The cooked frozen chicken products include chicken strips, wings, diced chicken, and pizza distributed to restaurants, hospitals, nursing homes, schools, and the Department of Defense. I'm Louise Schiavone, NPR News, Washington. Jay, 
thank you for your service. People like Tucker Carlson may make ridiculous amounts of money for spouting hate and fake-ass conspiracies, but they would never be men of honor like the two of you. Much respect, gentlemen. Hey, man, what's up, Billy G? Billy J, man, thank you so much for those kind words. Marietta Music, what a show. My guys were passionate today. <laughs> passionate commentary and great music. I'm beside myself with joy. Happy 4th, guys. And I'm back at you, girl. All right, or Jar. I want to say it's Jair from Texas City, says, although I miss hearing from the ladies, it was good to hear intelligent brothers talking amongst themselves. Thanks, John, for the correction on the Moorish militia group. I have been following their history for a while. Okay, there you go. All right, good stuff. You know what time it is. Online radio at its best. All right, it's time for our final thoughts. And uh, brothers, Johnny D, man, final thoughts, man. You know, I, I am, I, I'm just always grateful to have this opportunity, uh, and I don't take it for granted. Like I say, this has really become uh, a a spiritual part of, of my week, um, waiting for my, my, my church family to get back on doing in-service. But even with that, I still had the time uh, and opportunity to come and be part of the contributors in, in, in the J. Rao serious side show and, and brother I, I can't thank you enough uh, for this can't thank less enough for the tutelage and, and listen to his his articulation and of course uh, Miss Vanessa enjoy your trip Miss Jackie Miss Momo B uh, brother Jerome Dr. Williams who we haven't heard from in a while but everybody who's part of it um, the good pastor uh, the, the, the Covina man and at some point, I'm going to have to see a photograph of this Mariana music because you always talk about how lovely she is. And, uh, so I haven't seen anyone, anyone other than, 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 than Jay Ryle is the only one I've had the privilege to see in, in a photograph of Miss Vanessa. And just a wonderful opportunity for me to be able to do what I do. And, and like I say, love you, brother. Uh, like I say, 30, 36 years, man, 36 years. And... Uh, I can say, man, you you, you my day one dude. Um, yep, you know, I was sitting there, Jay, uh, the other day going going to work, and in my head, I started humming, uh, let's all get ridiculous. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did too. I did too. Wow, that is crazy, man. <laughs> man, I, I tell you, <laughs> you know, I... I Man, I, I tell you, the fondness that I have for you, brother, and the love that I have for you, man, exceeds anything that words can express. And oh, I'm looking forward to maybe one day, man, us all getting together. And I know we've talked about doing a doing a show where we all in the same city and all in the same venue. And uh, I, I, I certainly look forward to that. So to each one of you all, God bless, man. Love my family. Love the Lord. And enjoy your day. Well, let, let, let me let me uh, take the opportunity to respond to what you just said because you're right. The other day I was uh, in the car and I was with my neighbor and we were just laughing and talking. I said, "Let's all get ridiculous." And he was like, "Man, what?" I said, "Dude," I said, "That I said that was our theme song. Me and my boys overseas." Oh man! And I found it. 
uh, a few years ago YouTube. So yeah, you have to MC send Globe. Yeah, you have to send it to me. You MC Globe, I'll send it to you. <laughs> I was just, let's all get ridiculous. I remember riding over the Rhine River, riding over the bridge over the Rhine River, heading into, you know, playing this song yeah. in the V-spot. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, let me, let me say this. Let me say this to the to, while we have this audience, and let me just say this. This guy right here, this brother, I spent 30 years looking for him. Uh, and I, when I tell you this, I look, I was calling police people. I'm like, I got to find him. And I tell you what, one of the most joyous things of my life is when I finally had that conversation with him after all these years. You know, words can't express, man, what you mean to me, how much I love you. I met your your beautiful wife and your kids, and I'm like, my God, y'all been robbed of y'all Uncle Jay all these years. Y'all just don't know. And um, <laughs> and so I am so I, I I am just so touched. By, by and man, and the brother that you listen. Let me tell y'all something. We have some time here. Listen, <laughs> this guy here, this dude Johnny D. So many stories that I can tell about this guy. This guy, to from where he was, John was always a thoughtful guy. We would have our serious conversations, but that dude was. He was that dude for real, for real. Justin was that guy. Marcellus, you've seen some of the photos in my photo albums. That was him, this guy right here that's on the show with us. That's him. And for him to become the man that, I mean, just a responsible citizen, um, a uh, loving father, devoted husband, a guy that is well-educated beyond his years, man. I tell people all the time, folks that we are hanging out with, with RPC, I was talking to the home team the other day, and I was just once again saying, man, that guy, man, Johnny, man, uh, you know, Hawk, I said, man, that dude, man, I'm just so proud of him. So, man, I love you. You are my dude, man, and bro, there ain't nothing that I won't like this guy brother. right here. Wow. Likewise. Wow. Likewise. Oh, man, this guy, 36 years of, let's all get ridiculous. Oh, man, I'm about to, Mr. Elias, can I play that during, the, during one of the shows? I don't think it's appropriate, right? By but it's me. just fun. By all means. Yeah. All right, me. there you go. We're going to break it down. I'm going to surprise you, Johnny D. <laughs> your kids going to be your dancing. I'm looking forward to it. But, but, but send me that link, though, man, because that, that is certainly a, a memory that, that man, like I say, we, we – Oh, well, Germany didn't have nothing on us, man. I mean, we rode in that little Honda and had crates all in the back. And <laughs> the great dog. The we great dog. ridiculous all the way. Yeah. <laughs> the great yeah. dog. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think we played that thing from Mike's all the way to Farm Holder. Just kept rewinding. Oh, man, yep. bro. Yeah, because, you know, the first song was uh, Hit It Run. <laughs> Hit It Run. And then exactly. this all get exactly. Oh, my goodness. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I will send it to you once I find it. Empty clothes. All right. Mr. Elias, man, give me your final thoughts, dog. <laughs> well, my final thoughts never change, man. My final thoughts are, folks, if you don't get out and vote, you don't have a voice. If, you, if your vote didn't count, for all you people that don't think your vote counts, they wouldn't be trying to stop your vote if they, they, when I, why they, why they put these voter suppression laws. They're trying every way to stop you from voting because they know how important a vote is. You are the only ones that don't know how important your vote is. So you get out and vote every election. Don't hesitate to vote because if you don't vote, you don't have a voice. 
Miss Elias breaking it down. My final thoughts are going to be. My final thoughts are going to be very simple. Uh, I, I consider myself a blessed man. I have three beautiful children that I love unconditionally. I am so grateful that my mother is still alive, which who will be coming to live with me soon. I have. Let me tell you something. I compare my friendship, the friends I have with anybody that listens to this show. You don't have the friends that I have. The lifelong partnerships that I have with some of these just outstanding people is beyond words. You hear it every week between me and Johnny D and the place to be. Me and Mr. L.E.S. I mean, hey, let me tell you something. There is no space between the cup and the lip. I'm just blessed, and I'm just so happy because I know deep down inside that, you know, these people love me unconditionally. And I'm going to tell you, it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling to know that you have people like that in your life. So I want to say to my brothers, man, I love you guys so much. I want to say to our listeners, I love you guys as well because it takes a special person to come up and listen to this show. You have to find us. You have to be a part of it. I looked at the downloads last week, and just this morning, the downloads were just, I think they went over, I mean, just this morning, before the show even started, at least 500 downloads went down for the show. So that means people were trying to lock it in so they can listen to it at a later date. I don't have access to the numbers to iHeartRadio or to iTunes or any of these other platforms, but I hear from people throughout the week, and I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, you thank us for bringing you the information each week. You have to understand the serious side of the concept were just some folks sitting down having breakfast on the Sunday morning and having barbershop talk. None of us are professional political commentators. None of us are, you know, professional uh, doctors and do all those types of things. But we are people who live our lives and we see what we see. And I'm glad that you folks are here to be a part of those conversations. So God bless you. You guys be safe today on uh, this Independence Day. Be safe and uh, celebrate wisely. And on that note, Mr. L to the E to the S, if it's Sunday, and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the J. Wow Show. Folks, it's been a pleasure to serve you, so be safe and happy 4th of July. So, for Johnny D, for Mr. Elias, and for our partners who are not here, Jackie, Vanessa, and Jerome, I say make it a great weekend. And remember, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side of the J. Rowell Show. God bless you. Be safe, and we'll see you next week if it's God's will. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Network.